Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Bob Ryan, Justin Sinsley, Woody Page, George Sedano. Oh. How about that panel? I got a Play of the Year nominee. Oh, wow. Wow. This is wow. elite. Listen to me, oh. people. Oh, elite. Reggie. What are you saying, oh, Reggie? No. Oh. What are you saying? Let's go round the horn. Reggie, how could Let's you? Let's go. A New Yorker muting Reggie Miller. Where have I heard <laughs> I that I had to make before? up for it. Yeah, that, that's been two decades, three decades in the making. John Moran goes at you. That's what he does. Embiid knew it and was ready. We got a play of the year nominee. Every angle is just mesmerizing. That defense is what separated Philly at the end. Sixers 110, Grizzlies 105. This was a feisty game, an intense game, and it was a game where Embiid went 27-19, 6-6 after a frigid start and gave us this quote. I had to be Bill Russell. Mr. Ryan, we go to your court of appeals. Your honor, how do you rule? I rule that I am so proud of that young man. Bravo for a young man born in Cameroon to cite the man who invented modern basketball defense as the source tells me a lot about what he knows about basketball. He couldn't have picked a better guy. You understand it. When Bill Russell started playing basketball, he was told in college, don't leave your feet. On defense. <laughs> That's how far we've come. He couldn't have picked a better thing. He, he just shot up in yeah, my estimation. Right, right. On that particular play with John Morant coming at Embiid, and this is what Morant does, and you always see the dunk. This time Embiid got him, Bob Ryan. Yeah, he did. Well, he's, he's a quality big-time shot blocker. It's interesting to me, the, the, party, the second part, because if someone told you in the abstract that a 6'11 guy blocked a 6'2 guy, you'd say, yeah, he should. But we all know John Moran is right. the normal So 6'2". we're on the record here. That was a cop and invoking the name Bill Russell and beat. Totally all right by you. I'm, I, I love it, Bob. I thought you could, might have gone the other way. So let's talk about the Sixers. They have the best record in the league since December 1. They're still behind Boston and Milwaukee in conference. But what are you seeing from them, George, over the last two months? And what might it take for them to come out of the East? Well, first, Tony, I want to congratulate Bob. I think he, I think he did a great job. I saw the Bill Russell documentary on Netflix, and I thought Bob was integral All right, in more that points particular to Bob story. Ryan. There so you I go. Want to- I want to give Bob, give Bob some points there. But as far as the Sixers, Tony, it's the most complete team Joel Embiid has ever had, if you think about it. Uh, J- James Harden has been phenomenal for them this season. He looks in better shape. Uh, Tobias Harris is fitting in a role, right? you got Tyrese Maxey. This kid could start on any team in the league, and he's playing the six-man role willingly. Not that anyone should be surprised by that, because if you've been around Tyrese Maxey, you understand that kid is team first all day, every day. And then they've got, like, ultimate glue guys. Guys like DeAnthony Melton, who I saw play at USC here, who has been around the league a number of times to a, a couple of different teams, but he's like the perfect 3 and D type guard that you need on every single championship caliber team. Are they good enough to get to a championship? 
yeah, they've got the roster to do it, but a lot of it will depend on a couple of things. One, Embiid's health, obviously, because he's the most important player on that particular team. And then can James Harden shake some of those playoff demons? That, to me, will determine how far they go. Woody Page on the Sixers. Based on my last three appearances on the show, I'm going to try and be like Bob Ryan today. Is that okay if I do that? I think that if you are two for 14 in the first half, you better find somebody to emulate other than yourself that night. And he chose the best in the business. And I think he, he, he proved it in the second half. Not only did he concentrate on defense, but his offense came around. His rebounding. He had an incredible night. you got to give him credit for it. But I think he's played so extremely well since that meeting against the Joker, the MVP meeting, right? about a month yeah. ago. And I, I think the, the 76ers have really developed as a good team, a better team, once they beat the Nuggets in that game. It seemed to have just propelled them Two, as you said, they've been 27-9, and nine, the best record in the NBA. Do they have a chance? Sure, they have a chance in the Eastern Conference, although they, they have the toughest schedule the rest of the way, according to the estimates. They still have a chance, I think, to catch Boston, to catch Milwaukee. I, they have a chance in the playoffs. They generally do every year. But I think it's better this year because of the way he's playing. I think the best uh, player on that team, Harris, Best team on best player on the team that's not getting appreciation is Harris. Yeah. He in the fourth quarter he scored ten points that were just critical to that. So let me ask like it to Justin Tinsley this way: Do you see this as a different Sixers team that can put it all together? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. He's invoking the name of legends like Bill Russell's because he feels the weight of this. He feels the weight of this moment. There's a sense of urgency with this Sixers team that we haven't felt in recent yeah. years. You can see it in Embiid. You can see it in Harden. You see it in Doc Rivers. You can see it actually in the fans. They're 27 and seven in their last 34 games. That's half of the. Excuse me. That's half of the season. And this Philly offense works best when it's moving the ball around uh, like what it did in the second half of uh, last night. So yes, I love Tyrese Maxey, but the key. To to this outside of him beating Harden, of course, is Tobias Harris. He had he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Philly scored the last seven of the game. Tobias Harris had had five of those. So yes, I I think they're firmly the third best team, but I can't put them ahead of Boston and Milwaukee because of postseason success. And that's what this conversation all boils down to. Will we finally see the Philadelphia 76ers in late May? And Bob, can I can I tempt you, or are you maybe thinking they're the most complete team in the East? No, they're not the most complete team in the East, but they're a major threat to, to the two who are, which is Boston and Milwaukee. And uh, I, I've been on their kind of bandwagon all year. Don't sleep on Philly. Excuse me. I say to people, plus it's the only team with a Milton and a Melton, which makes it fun. I guess when <laughs> doctors go, say, hey, shake, get in there. They don't have any confusion. But anyway, Embiid, um, and, and here's another reason. He terrifies the Celtics. He terrorizes the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He trashes the Celtics. He, he, you know what's all over the Celtics. Okay. And that's a problem if they get in the <laughs> Right, so, so the jockeying for positioning and seeding here and see who gets who in the conference finals, should they make it that far, might be key. So down a last word after the horn. Tony, I think this is a huge year for them on a number of fronts. We've already heard rumors about James Harden maybe wanting to go out uh, of Philly and maybe go back to Houston. And Joel Embiid, again, as I mentioned, most complete team he's had. If they flame out in the playoffs this year, I think there'll be potential big changes in Philly. Mm, So a lot on the line for Philadelphia, but last night that block. One of the plays of the year. That was was crazy. We'll move on. Football now and this 
Peace in the Athletic on Russell Wilson. It's by Kaylin Collar, Mike Sando, and Jason Jenks. And it's on Russell Wilson's disaster of a season. Now, the Broncos didn't get the wins, and they didn't really get a good relationship with, with Wilson as well, seemingly, because the details here, it was an office for Russell Wilson away from other players in the team, where team personnel is in the building, and space for Russell Wilson's staff of personal coaches and assistants. But another detail from Wilson's time in Seattle is getting noticed. Allegation that Wilson tried to have Pete Carroll fire 12 months ago and bring in Sean Payton. When that didn't happen, that's when Wilson to Denver happened. Wilson's post today said he never wanted anyone to be fired. Woody Page, this is now your account. How'd you read that? Tony, I actually believe that report because I saw it in person at training camp during the course of the season. The way he pushed a rookie coach, Nathaniel uh, Hackett, around. He would uh, set up plays for them, schemes he wanted to run. We saw at training camp that he brought an entourage that included as many people as he had bathrooms in his house. Eight. And he had his own personal quarterback coach. He had an office upstairs where the owner and the general manager were. Players can't even go up to the second floor, but he'd say, let's talk football. Do it at your locker. He apparently will finally get what he was wishing for in Seattle, which is Sean Payton. But Payton's already indicated he's not going to put up with the kind of crap that uh, Russell Wilson was able to do uh, last year when he came to the came to the. And if I can ask a follow-up, Woody, do you sense any, um, you know, sobering of Wilson here, for lack of a better word, that that he's chastened by this? Well, he reached out to Payton during the uh, coaching process search committees uh, talks with Peyton and said he really was looking forward to having him, which is what he wanted, according to that report, in Seattle. And you wonder where Seattle would have gone if they'd have paid attention to him and fired the coach and the general manager. But now he's going to be under a totally different set of circumstances with Peyton, who has dealt with Drew Brees and is not going to put up with the kind of stuff that we saw from Russell Wilson last year. Yeah, for all these reports over all the years, there have never been knocks on Russell Wilson's character as a man, as a father, as a, as a community individual. They, they, they've always been based around, how is this guy as a co- colleague? Do I want to work with him? And it's important to note that Jerry Judy defended Russell Wilson earlier this year about these same claims, because I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But there's, there's, there's been so many reports and so many comments from former teammates like Richard Sherman that speak to this. So, like, Russell, Russell Wilson is the Seahawks' greatest quarterback of all time. He and uh, Pete Carroll, they're, they're one of six du- duos to win the Super Bowl and 100 games. But what this report that is fairly or unfairly, it puts the spotlight on the most important season in Russell Wilson's career even more so because now there's no more excuses bro you got everything you got Sean Payton Denver mortgaged everything they paid you like a top five quarterback and you have to perform better than a bottom five quarterback well there have been some negative vibes that have emanated out of Seattle prior to all this for those of us thousand miles away would pick up on I've learned a lot more in the last couple of hours okay and so here's the point I'm here to protect the journalism community, the idea of what a reporter is. I'm telling you that people don't sit around and wake up in the morning and say, boy, I got something to do today. I got to write something. What am I going to do? Hey, here's an idea. I'll go trust Russell Wilson. I'll go dig up some dirt that doesn't exist. I'll make, I'll, I'll provide fake news. I hear news you, Bob, but you said on, there were vibes the, well, in the past. There, there seemed to have been every three weeks another article about Russell Wilson, the teammate, this past season. And I, I want to ask you this. 
this article today, he says he never got Pete Carroll fired or anybody fired. That wasn't his intention ever. Do you believe a player like Wilson could be chastened by this? Theoretically, all of us could be chasing him by a, a lot of different things. We'll see, won't we? I mean, he should be pretty humble after that completely crappy season that he provided for, you know, his fans, his coach, and, and, and the guy who signs his checks. So he's got a lot. I agree with Justin. He's got a hell of a lot to prove this year. George Adano. Tony, after Seattle beat Denver in that ridiculously insane game that we saw on Monday Night Football, I went back to watch an interview that Pete Carroll did with ESPN 710 in Seattle with Brock and Sock, uh, Brock Heward and Mike Sock, and he was asked about that win and what it meant to him, and he said he didn't need the validation, but he talked about he wanted to win it for a number of reasons, including the guys that came before and that it meant so much to them. And he was asked by Mike Sock, well, why did it mean so much to those guys? And his response was, well, you figure it out. So that, to me, when you go back and watch that interview now, you see that this thing has a lot of credence in what was reported in the athletics. What do you mentioned? You had never seen a quarterback in Denver have a second floor office. Bob, in all your years of covering sports, you ever have a, a player who had an office away from the rest of the team? Closest thing I ever saw was Barry Barnes' locker room in San Francisco. He had his own little <laughs> alcove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Taking a break <laughs> here. Buy or sell chair. next. With a lazy boy, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his own TV. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose. With spring training start today, baseball versus sticky stuff 2.0. You know the end of inning checks? Well, baseball plans to recrack down, refocus this year, according to Jason Stark. You could expect umpires to be more aggressive about inspecting pitchers, maybe even empowered to check mid-inning or even mid-at-bat. Check out these stats from Eno Saris, the spin rate stats, suggesting that last year pitchers were wise to the predictability of umpire checks, applying tack for innings they knew they wouldn't be checked, maybe. Woody Page, you buy or sell? I'm buying it reluctantly because baseball is trying to speed up the game, make it shorter. What have they done? They've made all these rule changes that are going to make it very confusing at the beginning of the season to the umpires. They've got more stress and more problems to deal with. And now they've got to worry about the spin rates and checking the players who have been cheating since the game started more than 150 years ago. Okay, but you're buying more aggressive checking here. George Sedano, you? 
No, I'm selling this, Tony, because, you know, Major League Baseball and their players have shown such an incredible propensity to changes during the game through the history of their game. But ultimately, to Woody's point, they are trying to shorten the game. If you're going to do this, do this in between innings. Don't do this in the middle of a game, let alone in the middle of an at-bat. That makes zero sense if you're going to do it. Bob Ryan. Well, catching cheaters obviously makes sense to all of us. One thing that interests me and concerns me there's a different range of competence among the umpiring community, and I, there's some I would trust perhaps to, to call out a pitcher, and, the other, and other I wouldn't. And, and the time of the thing, the game factor is there, a lot of things, but you've got to try to go after the cheaters. You can't concede defeat. And Justin Tinsley. Yeah, I'm buying it because when baseball actually checks this stuff diligently, it works, and the numbers show that. And the random tests are our response to the spin rates. But this is just it. Baseball has been consistently inconsistent with policing this stuff. It's been basically baseball's TSA, TSA, TSA line. Excuse me. Everybody got through pre-check when they shouldn't have, and now everybody has to go through a full <laughs> All right, but if they use less than 3.4 fluid ounces of spider tech, maybe that's that, – I mean, you can't – So everybody believes the idea here that pitchers were wise to it and they were tacking in innings they knew they wouldn't be tested? Absolutely. I, I wasn't hip yeah. to that while it was happening. All right. We'll move on. Buy or sell two. Lakers 124, Warriors 111. That's how the second half starts. It was a play-in preview, or maybe a play-in to the play-in preview. Lakers did it uh, with more than 26 minutes from LeBron and AD. And this from intrepid columnist Bill Plaschke. New Energy Lakers suddenly look like a playoff team. George Sedana, what do you buy? What do you sell? Tony, I'm buying it. I'm actually agreeing with Plasty. They got to get in, which is going to be difficult. I think they got to win at least another 13 or 14 games to secure themselves into the play-in. But they're 3-1 and one since they made this trade for these particular guys. Uh, it, particularly Malik Beasley has been fantastic for them. LeBron talked at the beginning of the season. They got no lasers. Well, they got plenty of lasers now. Uh, we'll just see what D'Angelo Russell's injury looks like. I think that'll be key for them. Tinsley, what are you buying? What are you selling? I'm, I'm buying Plasky. Look. Last night was the first time in 161 games where Bron nor AD were in their team's top three scores. Look, this, mm. this team got better shooting. Oh. This team got this team got younger. They had a season best 68 points off the bench, and Beasley had 25. Look, I get it; they're in 13th place. But as Georgia said, they're three and one since the trade deadline, and we've been waiting for this Lakers team to make a run. And if they're going to do it, it has to page. be right now with this squad. Well, I'm buying Bill. Not saying anything is over with and saying positive okay. things about the Lakers. Because when I watched the game last night, I was very impressed with what Beasley was doing. He was here in Denver. He added a dimension they didn't have, an outside three-point shooter that actually could make seven or eight of them. I think that Michael Westbrook made his biggest contribution to the Lakers by going somewhere else so that they now have an actual team and some depth, and they look like a team that could come down to the stretch and be in a position and to be in Westbrook, the playoffs. Russell Westbrook, of course. Bob Ryan? I like the moves when they were made, and I, I'm not surprised that things are going to be much, much better. They will be better for them, no, no question. And I'm very impressed with them winning a game with the, 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 about the statistical benefit of Davis and uh, A game James. over the Curryless Warriors, the Wigginsless Warriors. Should we do a whole topic on the 13th seed in each conference? On the Orlando Magic now, Bob Ryan. What do you think? <laughs> no, you guys don't want that. All right, I'm just saying, when the Lakers do anything, show any pulse, it's just like, oh, let's buy with everything we got. Real quick, Bob, make a call on the Clay Thompson play here. You blow a double dribble there? 
Absolutely. <laughs> you know, ever since they allowed the Euro step, yeah. everything is going uh, to hell in that league. So here we go. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he comes right. to a stop. George Dano, Justin Sisley, thanks for your time today. Woody Page, Bob Ryan, showdown next. Ooh. What a good pairing. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, Woody Page, Bob Ryan, showdown like it's 2002. Let's go. Two goals in the last five minutes last night for the Bruins to beat the crack. So still pacing out for the most points and most wins ever and busy making trades, acquiring Dimitri Orlov and Gardner Hathaway yesterday. Bob, is it a smart move to make moves and tinker with a team that's on pace to be the best ever? The Bruins understand the difference between winning a President's Cup and winning the Stanley Cup. And once they dropped the puck in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's a different game. They were worried about uh, lengthening and strengthening their defensive core and getting mm -hmm. toughness. And the headline in the Boston Globe on the story said, Orlov brings grit to the Boston mm. Bruins. Mm. Yes. Woody Page? Bob, the window is so small in all sports. You better do it when you can. This will remind you of when the Avalanche went to the Boston Bruins and pulled Bray Bork out here and helped him win a Stanley <laughs> this Cup. This reminds I you like of that? Uh, Ray Bork? Dimitri Orlov is Ray Bork? I don't know about that. What, he just wanted to no, get Colorado in a conversation with Boston, I think. Showdown two dunk contest last week, but Chris Couchet carried one over. Last dribble was at the logo, and he took off a sneaker inside the free throw line. Woody, grade this. I'm going to grade it like a C. Bob and I have been covering this game since the 1800s, and we've seen thousands of these, particularly from Julius Irving and Michael Jordan. In-game in dunk contest. In-game, Bob Ryan? I give this at least a net. No, it's 9.8. His back foot was on the arc. He took off from one foot inside the foul line. I give him props for that. But my favorite dunks are ones over people contesting yes, them. I agree That's with why you. That's he doesn't get a 10. But the takeoff from the free throw line, we, I mean, yes, you see them. In a game, you don't see that as often. Bob Ryan, you're going to win the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup today. <laughs> 30 seconds of FaceTime. Congratulations to Antoine Davis of Detroit Mercy. He was 125 points away from the all-time NCAA point total of 3661 held by, oh yes, Pete Maravich. Now, there's a little difference here, folks. Mr. Davis has played 140 games to get his total. He's played in five years. Pete Maravich played 83 games to do that. He averaged 44, 43, 44 in his three games in LSU. And she's here at LSU. I'm gonna tell you something else. He did it without the three-point shot. You wonder about how it would have aided him? Well, let me tell you this. His last year in the NBA was 79-80. 
and he was 10 for 15 on threes. So let's extrapolate mm. that a little yeah. bit, folks. And remember, you cannot overstate the greatness of Pete Maravich. Wow. That is a man we'd love to see in today's game, huh? I, I think you always had that conversation, Maravich especially. But have mercy, Antoine. Davis. Seven one half hour break. See you Monday. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.